It's been said you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. However, in our case, how long we live is measured by the many iterations of The Dark Knight. In this episode of the show, we take a look at our favorite Cape Crusader-themed pop culture. Holy franchise, Batman. This is Wayback Attack. Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham, and sitting across the Bat Cave of Destiny is Preston Burt. Preston, are you vengeance? No, I am not vengeance. I'm, I'm too scared to be vengeance. I am uh, the boy wonder. The boy wonder. I'm the boy wonder. Oh, see, one of my nicknames forever was was Sweet Boy, so it makes more sense for me to be the boy wonder. <laughs> Plus, you're taller than me. So. Oh, true, true. But uh, yeah. Maybe I'm the Alfred of the of, of the crew. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Poised, mm-hmm. tall, mm-hmm. wise. <laughs> I don't know. I'll take what I can get. So, yes, dear viewers, dear listeners, today we will be talking about the Batman um, because it is once again in pop culture present mm-hmm. that we need to talk about its pop culture past. Brian and I actually got to go see independently mm-hmm. the movie The Batman recently. Um, so we'll give you our thoughts and opinions on that without any spoilers. But then we are also just mi- mostly going to be dialing back into our memories of our favorite Batman-themed pop culture ephemera of the past. Well, you know, I was trying to think of a way, you know, Batman is back in pop culture. And so that's why we're doing this episode. And I was trying to think, boy, we really missed out on something else that recently has happened. What's that? The slap. Oh my god! But you know what? I'm not talking about it. Batman slaps Robin in that meme, so oh, there's a no. way to tie it in it's there. So awful, Brian. <laughs> I wish you would have gone over that with me. I don't want to talk about that. So bad. So, but yeah, you know, man, there's nothing else like like Batman and pop culture, right? Like I know. it has always been as long as long as I have been consuming media, Batman has always been a part of my life. But but like you said, before we get to that. What else have you been up to? Well, you know what else I've been up to because I've been gallivanting around doing lots of fun things Mm -hmm. um, that I have taken video for Mm -hmm. and hope to share on this channel soon. But um, I just recently came back from the Texas Pinball Festival. I visited the National Video Game Museum while I was there. So that's some great content for this channel. And then Brian and I actually just a couple weeks ago went to Mm -hmm. the um, Toylanta, the Atlanta Toy Convention and spent some time there and we took some video of that and so be on the lookout for um more content from our channel but what have you been up to so i actually just got a brand new or i guess not brand new new to me (laughs) uh black knight 2000 i'm super excited i've had an itch it's a pinball machine for those of you who don't know yes i've had an itch recently to get a pinball a new like a new to me pinball machine and um i've had a couple different options and uh, a couple have slipped through my fingers. And so, um, you know, right now the pinball market is just on fire. And the last game that I was going to get slipped through my fingers because I was being polite. Mm-hmm. And so someone, there's like a, a email group that, that we're a part of. And, um, you know, people, it's the local pinball community and people talk about things. And when a game goes up for sale, they'll shoot out the email to everybody on there. And so, um, a Judge Dredd, a game that I've owned before, but uh, would love to own again, uh, popped up and it was a good deal. 
And so I was like, hey, is the Judge Dredd still available? And the guy's like, yeah, it is. And, like, you know, we're emailing back and forth. And I was like, okay, great. I would, uh, you know, love to, to buy it from you. No response. A couple hours later, like, like he hasn't responded to me back. Um, so I sent him another email, like, what time do you want me to show up? And he was like, oh, somebody else bought it. And uh, I was just like, oh, my gosh. So I've you, been there. you and I actually talked about it at Toylanta. And I was like, next time I'm just going to be like, I will buy the game. And, <laughs> yeah, that's what you have to yeah. in this market, man. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. And this the guy that was selling this was super cool. He um, he said that he checked out the show after the email because in my signature, I have a link to the show. But he, uh, you know, I, I was like if the game's still available, I would like to buy it. And, and, and so, um, you know, he was like, oh yeah, it's still available. Someone's interested, but yeah, right, right now it is still available. And I was like, I will buy it. Right. Like I, I, do you want me to send you the money? I can send you the money or I can bring cash. And he was like, well, let me, why don't we talk? Hold your horses. Yeah. (laughs) Slow it down. And so we talked on the phone and he was like, you don't have to do a deposit. Like, you know, like you can just come by whenever and and I'll pick it up. He's like, I know you're YouTube. I'll come and get you. (laughs) Well, he didn't know at the time, but, but yeah, so he was super nice. And, and so I'm extremely excited. So. That's great, man. Well, yeah, and I actually, full disclosure, I got to play it just before we started recording, and it is a really nice machine. Mm-hmm. It's a great um, Steve Ritchie game. Really excited for you to add to the lineup of Bram Stoker's Dracula and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Sunset. I know. We, um, you know, Paige and I love Sword of Fury, uh, which is the new Black Knight game. Yeah. And so she was like, maybe we should get all three of the, of the black Knights." There you go. And I was like, okay, I'm down know, for it. That works. They're all like one and two are different enough. Yeah. You know, and then three is completely different. Oh yeah. But I said, if we get swords of fury or sword of fury, is that the right name? Sword of rage, sword of rage, <laughs> yeah. swords of fury is a different maybe game. Do some more research before we <laughs> pop down six grand on this. Well, no, cause I, we would have to get the premium because oh my God, the other right. two have the upper play fields and yeah. that's the only one that has the upper play field for that. Yeah, you can't have a Black Knight without an upper playfield. No. So, but yeah. Um, what else happened? There was something else that happened to me, but I don't remember. Well, you were just talking about the Black Knight, mm-hmm. but let's go ahead and steer our conversation toward the Dark Knight. So, um, before we get into the history of Batman and all of the uh, the pop culture memories of the past, mm-hmm. let's talk about the present and in the cultural Current cultural consciousness is the brand new Matt Reeves directed movie, The Batman. Yeah. Um, without giving away spoilers, I would love to hear your thoughts about it. So the big, the big topic of discussion with that movie is the length, right? Um, at least with certain circles that I run in and Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I like I like long movies, right? I'm fine with long movies. I have all the extended editions of every movie, right? That's the thing that I loved about DVDs was getting like director's cuts and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Not the theatrical release. Um, so I'm fine with longer movies. And I think that, um, you know, one of my big problems with Star Wars, the original trilogy, and then the prequels was the original trilogy took time and let you breathe in that like in that universe right Mm -hmm. you know there's scenes of like luke standing there just looking at the suns like you know and just time where nothing is happening and the prequels were not like that they were non-stop from beginning to end and i feel like a lot of action movies are similar to that especially nowadays and the thing that i enjoyed about this new Batman movie is there are times where it's just, just moments of silence where someone is just deep in thought and like looking at the city and that kind of thing. And and I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, I think it could have ended earlier than it did. Um, <laughs> but you know, 
Yeah, I was kind of like I knew the movie was long, but I wasn't looking at my watch the whole way. Mm -hmm. And so I was actually kind of surprised at the third act because I had thought the movie was over. Right. And I was like, oh, well, OK, <laughs> never mind. They're going to have to resolve this. But um, you were questioning. You, you said the thing that was the topic of conversation was the length. For me, the topic of conversation is just did it need to exist? Um, because like... You know, how many times do you need to see a Batman origin story? How many times do you need to see this, that? And so before it came out, I'm just like, oh, great. We're going to get to see his parents shot again. Mm -hmm. We're going to get to see how he became Batman again. I mean, come on. It's been done. It's like Warner Brothers only trick up their sleeve. Right. Doing a Batman movie every five years or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that said, I was so pleasantly surprised with how good it was. Um, Pattinson and killed it. It. it it has shifted my view of does there need to be any more Batman movies to Batman. The Batman franchise is basically just like the James Bond franchise now, mm -hmm. you know, if they choose to tell the right stories, right. like if they do repeat the same stories, just in a different actor and a different style, that's dumb. But if you do what they did with the Batman, which is just, it's a new interpretation of the Batman with, from a fantastic actor, Robert mm -hmm. Pattinson. Mm -hmm. And this one was really, it took the mantle of detective comics mm -hmm. and really made it like a crime noir right. um, uh, feature film as opposed to any of the other ones. You know, the other ones were superhero movies or they were comic book movies. This one was like a crime drama yeah, with some superhero elements thrown in. Yeah. And, you know, I, one of the things that you know, everybody looks at Marvel movies compared to DC movies. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that makes Marvel movies so good is kind of, they reflect the comic books and where there is like an overarching story going through everything. And if you look at, let's say Spider-Man, right. And look at the last trilogy of Spider-Man movies that came out. They did a cool thing where it was the beginning of Spider-Man's story. Right. But you, you didn't, I mean, there is a reason that you didn't have the Peter or the Ben Parker part, mm -hmm. you know, but they did the same thing with Batman, right? It's it's like Batman year two, basically. Yeah. And um, it's, it, it, it references back to some of his origin, uh -huh. but it doesn't dwell in it. Right. Yeah. And I think it's cool because the problem with DC movies to me is they're just all over the place. It's all these different stories, different timelines, different, you know, like, di like di that's why there's so many different actors playing different roles. Right. And, and I like how Marvel has been able to tell this overarching story with a bunch of small movies that add up to a bigger thing. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that DC is going to do this. Oh yeah. And they're not just copying Spider-Man in terms of that trilogy and what they're. I think they're going to do with this trilogy. But I asked you before we recorded, had you seen the new Flash movie stuff? And you said no. I mean, I've seen like the poster or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I know that it's coming out with Ezra Miller from mm -hmm. the Justice League. Yeah. But that's about all I know about it. So the in this movie, it's, it's like the Flashpoint stuff. And so Flash is dealing with the loss of his mother. And he goes to a different universe. Um, and... That universe is the '89 Batman universe, and Michael Keaton <laughs> no is Batman. Way. Yeah, and no he's, way. Yeah, he's old man Batman. Oh wow! And and so um, Jimmy, I think he was on Jimmy Fallon, and Jimmy Fallon asked him what it was like to put on the cowl again, and he said it was like riding a bike. Oh, that's and so cool. It's gonna be awesome, dude! I can't wait. Yeah, so, that. that's really so, really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. Like DC had to see how big Spider-Man was, and so you know, that's cool. So uh, 
you you liked the Batman. I like the Batman. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Mm-hmm. Um, but closing it out for our listeners, where do you rank it amongst Batman movies? It would have to be like top three. I put it at number two. Yeah. Like, I really like... It's tough because when the Nolan movies came out, I really liked them. Mm-hmm. But And I don't know if it's just like I've seen them a lot and so I'm just kind of like blase about them now yeah but um you know i i think that heath ledger was like an amazing joker and so that would have to be in my top three mm-hmm. um but there's always there's always a place for adam west <laughs> so he would also be in my top three because that that original movie man amazing yeah i mean it's, it's hard uh they kind of blurred together for me after mm-hmm. a while mm-hmm. but I, when i first saw batman begins I was like, whoa, this has taken Batman to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. So that's my number one Batman movie because it is most similar to the comic books, I feel. Mm-hmm. And it was a comic booky movie. Right. Um, but it, it felt less comical and less like fantastical. And so I really like how Nolan interpreted that. That was my number one. But the Batman top two. I mean, it's, it's number two for me. It's yeah. great. You know, there was a lot of people really upset that Pattinson was chosen for Batman. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, oh, I'll just wait and see because who knows? Like there's been there's been multiple times in my life where I'm like, I don't think this person's going to do a good job. And then they kill it. And so um, when people were flipping out about it, I was like, well, we'll just wait and see. And yeah, he was amazing. Was it you that was telling me that you feel like Robert Pattinson was the best Batman, but the worst Bruce Wayne? I don't think so. Okay, someone else told me that, <laughs> but uh, I can see where they're coming with that. But overall, as far as Batman goes, and as far as the movie goes, check it out if you haven't seen it because mm-hmm. it's a great watch. Yeah, and the runtime just goes right by. It does. It really does. It does. So. All right, let's move on to the past. All right, so everybody who's listening to the show has heard of Batman, but if you do, you know where he came from, Brian. Um, I do not know where he came from. You're just that. lying to me. Uh, so Batman was a DC Comics creation, mm-hmm. and it debuted in 1939 in Detective Comic Books number 27. Detective Comics number 27, mm-hmm. created by Bob Kane. And I don't know. Oh, see, that's why I, I, that was that, yep. was, I, that was purposeful. I uh-huh. did that to you. Good job. Because uh, Bill Finger. <laughs> is the co-creator who only recently just got his uh, justice as being credited as co-creator. He, so Bob Kane was the artist. Mm-hmm. Bill Finger was the writer. And uh, even Bob Kane, though he didn't give him credit initially, would document that that Bill Finger, you know, gave him like the outfit mm-hmm. and created all these different characters and really made Batman what was Batman. Because mm-hmm. before that, Bob Kane had Batman in like a red outfit. It had little uh, eye mask like Robin. Mm-hmm. Didn't have the the um, spiky cape. Mm-hmm. He had like a wing, like wings, and um, didn't have gloves. So it was a completely different character. Yes, he named the Batman, mm-hmm. but he didn't make him what we know and love until Bill Finger, the writer, showed up and made all that awesome, awesome character work. So I like... I, I I know that Batman was super early in in Detective Comics. What was Detective Comics before Batman? It was detective. Stuff. Okay, so was, just like trench yeah. coats and fedoras, right? Yeah, because all of those 
all the comic book companies back in the day, they did a lot of like Westerns right. and pulp novel stuff, mm -hmm. you know, crime things, war stories, all that kind of stuff. And once Superman came around, mm -hmm. that's when they were like, we need more Superman type stuff. And that's right. when Bob Kane said, okay, here's the Batman. Okay. And Bill Finger was like, eh, is it? Let's make him better. What do you think made them stick with Detective Comics for the DC? I don't know. I, I guess it became their signature series. Maybe I, this is speculation. I don't know. Someone can correct me, but I feel like maybe its popularity was just outweigh. Maybe it outshined Bat. Uh, sorry, Superman initially, mm -hmm. until like the Superman radio show and all that right. stuff got got it higher. But maybe as far as book sales, mm -hmm. maybe once Detective Comics came out, that was like their top earner, and they're like, well, let's just say DC. Yeah. I don't know. I always liked how. That's my theory. When I was a kid, I had this really cool Batman comic, and it was like Batman's cowl, and there was like a skull in it, like screaming. Uh -huh. And I think it said Detective Comics at the top, and I think that's when I put two and two together. And uh -huh. I was like, oh my gosh. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's the history of Batman as far as creation in the comic books. But in the movies, um, what we know and love, Brian and I were waffling on how many are there. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's like open to interpretation of what you consider to be a Batman movie. Now, uh, for me, it started with um, Tim Burton's Batman. And Brian corrected me and said, well, no, remember there was the 66 Batman mm -hmm. movie. I'll count that because Adam West is certainly a formidable Batman in pop culture. But then at the end, you know, after you go through the Tim Burton and then the Joel Schumacher and... Then you go to the Nolan stuff, and then now Matt Reeves. Where do you draw the line with like it being a Batman movie? Is mm -hmm. Justice League a Batman movie? I don't think so. I think it's a Justice League movie. Okay. What about Batman versus Superman? I think that that is a Batman movie. Okay, cool. All right, so I think we're around 10. Yeah. 10 Batman films. So a lot of uh, presence in pop culture, mm -hmm. and with that, with the comics and the movies and everything is going to come merchandising oh yeah tie-ins and that is where we are here today because we're gonna be talking about our favorite pop culture batmans of the past so here's the cool thing about the tie-ins for batman and the um you know obviously batman merchandise has been around forever right mm -hmm. but really you didn't get the tie-ins until the 89 movie and the reason for that is because recently before before that movie came out because that movie was in production for like 10 years right mm. and what happened is time warner bought aol and so or time a whatever but they all became this big conglomerate they became the biggest media thing warner brothers brought time it was it became time warner yeah okay and then they, well, AOL was way later. Yeah, that was later. And so, but yeah, so they brought- to save you from yourself. <laughs> thanks, <Brian. laughs> thanks. Um, I just love AOL. Oh my say? gosh, <laughs> you've got mail. <laughs> but um, so anyways, so it was this huge thing and they had looked at what George Lucas did with the Star Wars merchandising and- yeah, because make some bank. Yeah, and but they had, because they had bought time, they had that whole media side. They had music from Warner Brothers. They had, you know, the comics because- Warner bought DC in the seventies. Um, and then you had, um, you know, magazines and all kinds of stuff. So what they, what they really wanted to do was they said, okay, we can spend a lot on a movie because we'll make it up in merchandising. Mm -hmm. And so they really, they, they really focused hardcore on merchandising for Batman. And that's why Batmania swept the nation. Like yeah, it did. We've talked about this before. Uh -huh. 89 Batman, Batman was everywhere. Whether you liked Batman or not, mm -hmm. it was pervasive. It was on t-shirts, on hats, on 
fast food cups. Haircut, hair, hair. Cuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had it shaved <laughs> in the side of your head. That's right. They made they made a catalog that they sent to movie theaters that were showing Batman '89 to hand out to customers. Where it was a Batman catalog, you could get a rhinestone jean jacket oh. that had a picture of Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson on the back, and just said Batman. Like it was ridiculous it. the stuff they were making. I love it. Well, we're not going to get too in the weeds on this stuff. We'll leave this to some of our other podcast compatriots as far as deep dive ephemera. But, Brian, let's go and look at your first pick. It's here. Batman, the video game from Sunsoft. For the Nintendo Entertainment System. Let the battle begin. All right, so part of this um, this marketing strategy that they had with Batman was, of course, the biggest, hottest thing at the time was video games and the, and the Nintendo Entertainment Center system (laughs) nintendo entertainment system um but they had uh you know it wasn't just that it was on other consoles too but the batman game was something that was huge at least for me was that a sunsoft game it was a sunsoft game i know that one oh my gosh and you know if you if you look back at it it's kind of funny because you know batman was purple and and tiny like the characters were really small on the screen, which was a, a change of pace for a lot of nintendo games a lot of nintendo games had bigger characters and the um it was an incredibly difficult game but it was something that was marketed with like a ton of commercials it was in new uh not newspapers but in magazines all the time comic all the video books. games yeah all the comic books had had this ad for it and the game actually introduced a really cool mechanic that would later get really popular in the ninja gaiden series but wall jumping oh, was yeah. was a big was a big part of that game so um you know for me there was nothing at when this game came out i was super excited about it um and then i was also uh it was also heartbreaking because the game was so incredibly difficult did you ever play this yeah i, I mean i remember the wall jumping but i was never one to like beat video games so i couldn't mm-hmm. i mean i just played it until it got really hard and then i returned it back to blockbuster or wherever so uh did you beat it i think i eventually beat it with a game genie um, uh, so, so, so no, you never beat it. Yeah, it. yeah, Got sure. It. I was a soft boy, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I had an older cousin. He was he was amazing at video games, and so he, I think he did beat it because I remember being at his house during the summer, and he and I playing it a ton. But you know, this game was super popular. But you know, just like the movies and just Batman in general, there's a crazy number of video games that have Batman in them. So there's actually 46, according to IMDb, 46 different Batman games where Batman is either the main character or one of the main characters because some of them Whoa. are fighting games and stuff like that. So wow, yeah, you the, thought we had a lot of movies. I know, like, and you know, it, it spans everything. Like there was old PC games, and then console games, handheld games, uh, stuff like that. So I kind of wanted to talk about. I know I said the NES game was was the the biggest and best because uh-huh. I love that game, uh, but I I picked. Just just a couple of games okay. that I think were were my favorite Batman games. So, the Sunsoft game that one came out in uh, February thirteenth of nineteen ninety, so the year after the movie, right? But everyone's still on the hype train because you had the movie come out in the summer, and then that Christmas the VHS tape came out, 
for to get everybody excited for that. It was less than six months that they turned that around and put it out on VHS. And then a couple of months after that, you have the, the game hitting. So um, it actually came out earlier overseas for some reason, but in America it huh. came out in February. And, and overseas it came out in 89. So wow. Yeah. So, um, so that game I've already talked about a little bit. But Batman Returns for the Super Nintendo. Did you play this game at all? I don't remember it. Oh, my God. It was so cool. Like, um, it was just a side-scrolling beat-em-up game. Mm-hmm. But the, you know the big difference between the NES game and the SNES game were the graphics and the character, the sprites were much larger um, and, and very more emotive. Uh, The first, uh, the first stage was like the scene where Batman's fighting in the, in the streets, fighting the, the gang of bad guys on Christmas or, you know, snowing outside and stuff like that. Oh, I do remember that. Snow. Yeah. um, But yeah, so that game came out April of 93 um, and it was made by Konami instead of Sunsoft. So, you know, Konami had the background for those beat em up ty- style yeah. games. So um, that was right up their, their alley. The last one I want to talk about is not the best game, but it's really good because a lot of these style of games came out on the Super Nintendo and they were p- pulling from every type of pop culture franchise. But it was a fighting game. Um, kind of a precursor to the Injustice series, but it was um, Justice League Task Force for the Super Nintendo. Did you ever play this? No. No. So Who, who made the cut for the Justice League in this game? Oh, man. I was think it, it was basically like, like you had Aquaman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Flash. Sun, yeah, um, Superman, Flash, Batman. Okay. Like, um, And so Sunsoft co-developed this game with Blizzard Interactive. Ooh. And so for the Super Nintendo, on the Genesis, it was not them because during that time you had a lot of companies would do that different companies would make the ports oh right they they weren't ports they were totally different games in a lot of cases so Mm -hmm. probably one of the most like iconic ones is like beavis and butthead on the genesis it was like a point and click adventure whereas on the super nintendo it was a side scroller and so um they are very different games the super nintendo version of this game is much better um because the the color space that the Super Nintendo had compared to the Genesis. The Genesis sounded cooler, um, but the Super Nintendo was graphically and colorfully more vibrant. And so, um, and the, you know, the fighting game as a whole was a pretty solid fighting game. You know, I don't know. It, it, did you ever, did you have like special moves and stuff? You did. Yeah. Did you ever play the turtles, um, t- turtle tournament fighters? I think is what it was called for the Super Nintendo. Mm-mm. Well, it was very similar to that. So. <laughs> Sorry not to help you out there. <laughs> But that game you played came, a lot more video games uh, than me. I did. That's true. Um, <laughs> that game came out in June of 1995. So, oh, but that so game that's was pretty awesome. late in the any uh, a Super Nintendo mm-hmm. pantheon of games, right? Yep. Because shortly thereafter, you had the 64. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, later generation, they were able to pack more power and graphics and quality into those games. Mm-hmm. I'll have to seek that one out. Um, it's not a retro game, but I, I do think the Injustice series is really cool as far as like a good Batman game. Yeah. You know, they, I think, um, you know, the, the team that makes the Mortal Kombat games. So, mm-hmm. um, Netherworld, right? Yeah, or Nether Nether Realm. Realm. Yeah. So, um, you know, Ed Boon, I follow him on Twitter and you can never be too sure if he's just trolling people or if he's just a company man. Uh, I have a feeling, you know, working, he worked for Midway. So I have to assume that he probably has like company man feelings like in him for whatever company he's working uh-huh. for. Um, but he has always been like, before they started making Injustice, he was always all about DC stuff. And I feel like a lot of that was just because Warner Brothers had bought Another Realm. Uh. And so, um, but it was cool when they started making those games because they are different from the Mortal Kombat games. Um, and, you know, 
they are different enough that uh, I think that, that those games are all amazing. They're, Justice League Task Force was nothing compared to those, but, uh, you know, when, when they were really good at adding story to that. But, um, you know, I think I think you're right that that game is amazing. Well, it's a shame you're not a fan of video games yeah, uh, or knowledgeable about them in any way. So, um, no, that's a great deep dive. I wasn't familiar with some of those games, and I can't believe that there are 46 Batman games total. I mean, like I knew he'd probably fall into a lot, but that's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, well, cool. I'll have to check those out. Um, but speaking of something you can play with, I thought we might look at my pick for Batman. Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Hark! Batman being called to stop a dastardly deed new from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. The Batmobile figures with power action sold separately. Got you, Joker. Don't laugh yet. Release the war. It's a trap. Activate Batman. Trouble Batman? My Batmobile on these days, too. Is this the end of our heroes in the Batmobile? You decide. All right. So just like Batman has been a part of video games, a part of comics for forever, Batman's been a part of toys for a long time. One of my first toys um, was actually not Batman, uh-huh. but, but it was Robin. They made in the late 70s Amigo Pocket Heroes. And they were like, you know, Amigos are normally like the 12 inch right. dolls. Mm-hmm. Well, Amiga made little plastic three and three quarter inch, like G.I. Joe sized figures. And mm-hmm. I had a Robin of those. Um, and I always remember watching Batman and, and um, you know, liking Robin. And I don't know where my mom got that or how it came to be in my possession. But that was one of my earliest toys that huh. I had. So I don't know if it was a carryover from my sister uh, who was born in the 70s or, or what. But I remember that, and I always remember being infatuated with Batman. I brought it up on the show before, but, you know, the Batman 66 show was pervasive on reruns Mm -hmm. as far as TV. Yep. And my little brain never understood that that was, like, purposefully campy. Uh Uh-huh. I just thought the 60s were ridiculous. (laughs) They were. (laughs) And, like, this was quality, on-cutting-edge entertainment for the time. And not like tongue-in-cheek humor about the campiness of the comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for like a kid entry into Batman, you know, you can't really get any better than the 66 Batman. It's right. just great. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that started my love of Batman toys, which carried on, of course, until uh, what I think is the best Batman toy of all time. It came out in 1983 or 1984, depending on when you got it. Kenner Superpowers Batman. Did you have the Kenner Superpowers collection? I don't know. I so I I did have a lot of DC. It's weird because I've never been a, like huge into DC, but I did have a lot of DC action figures that had like action things, like squeeze Superman's legs that and he was, goes like that. This. Was Superpowers? Yeah. Okay, okay, cool. So yeah, yeah, those those toys. If you look back at them, they are just beautifully crafted. Mm-hmm. Yep, beautifully sculpted. They each had their own little action puncher whatever doohickey they did um you know and green lantern was really cool aquaman was really cool superman was really cool but batman he was the coolest and you could team up with him and robin Mm -hmm. see batman worked with everybody you know he was in the justice league so he could work with all the superheroes but he also had his special duo of, of robin and came with the batmobile it was the blue like 60s style or Mm -hmm. like super friends style Mm -hmm. batmobile it was just the coolest 
I never had the Batmobile. I always wanted the Batmobile, but I never had it. Um, so talked about the superpowers collection. I think it's the epitome, but where it really took off is like being Batman toys uh-huh. was of course with the 89 movie Batman. And then shortly thereafter, they came out with the toy biz line mm-hmm. of Batman series. And that's where you could get, you know, everybody's favorite toy. You could get uh, Batman, Robin, Joker, mm-hmm. and everybody's favorite toy, Bob the Goon. <laughs> yes. Do you remember Bob I, the yeah, Goon? Yeah, uh-huh. I remember to- going to look for, like, different toys because uh-huh. I thought there'd be a more expansive line uh, of that series, but you just flip through the racks of toys, and it's like Bob the Goon, Bob the Goon, Bob the Goon. It's like the worst character no, ever. No, to be fair, Bob was like, he didn't really talk a lot. I think he said one line in the movie, but, like, he was always there with the Joker, so, like, he, it made sense to have him. Um, you know, Toy Biz was killing it back then. Like, oh, yeah. They, they had, like, all the best licenses, and mm-hmm. at least when it came to, like, well, superhero stuff. they did stuff. the superhero stuff, uh-huh. yeah. So X-Men and Marvel superheroes, all that. Yeah, they were crushing it. They're not really that perva- they're not really that around anymore. I bet Hasbro owns them. Oh, you're probably right. Yeah, I think they got absorbed by like Hasbro or uh-huh. something. Yeah. Um that one to me, the original Batman of the Toy Biz line, the the black uh co- costumed one mm-hmm. is the most iconic to me because he had that um bat belt. Yeah. That was on a string. Uh-huh. And I thought that was really cool. If only the string were a little bit longer. You could like he could use it like a grappling hook kind of thing. It was really cool. All right. But then uh, the last bit there where it was really just like Batman mania mm-hmm. was the Kenner line. So when Batman Returns came out, Kenner got the license mm-hmm. and Kenner made all these different Batman toys. So they had the, the Penguin, which was really just a superpowers mm-hmm. redo. Yep. They had Catwoman. They had a Robin version. They had, of course, Batman. Um, and instead of Bob the Goon, they had um, the quintessential action figure set of the the penguins. Like yes. the, the, uh-huh. the little penguins uh-huh. with the backpacks on them. But anyway, I uh, they ran out of characters to do. <laughs> um, so they just started releasing like a thousand Batman. So I have a list here. <laughs> You would uh, think, you know, there's enough like villains in that movie, like just goons and stuff. They could have made, they could have done the Star Wars thing and just like make characters of like all the random bad guys like yeah. on the street because you could make an awesome thing. But yeah, like they did just come out with a hundred million different Batman. All right, so I'm gonna read you uh, some Batman, and you tell me which one of these is not an actual figure okay. that they made. Okay. Power Wing Batman, uh-huh. Sky Winch Batman, Shadow Wing Batman, Crime Attack Batman. Penguin Suit Batman, Laser Batman, Deep Dive Batman, Air Attack Batman, Arctic Batman, Aero Strike Batman. Well, I had the Arctic Batman, so I know that one's real. Um, watch that not be the real one. But I did have a Batman in like an Arctic suit. Um, I'm going to go with the Penguin Suit Batman. Oh, you got me. I threw that in there. I maybe paused too much before that one. But yeah, all those other ones. Like, how many Batmans do you, do you need? <laughs> They're, you know, let's get some originality there, guys. Let's let's release a Two Face figure or something. But he wasn't in the movie. Yeah, but neither was like freaking Shadow Wing Batman or Power Wing Batman. I, I Thunder the, Whip Batman. I don't know what that is, but I do remember the the Power Wing Batman. So Thunder Whip Batman. That's that's a NC seventeen Batman. <laughs> you don't want to know what the Thunder Whip is. <laughs> well, Batman toys 
they're great but for me it doesn't get better than 1983's superpowers batman mm-hmm. from kenner well sticking along with your line of batman toys uh, i have some toys of myself to talk about all right Batman, Joker's turned up at the Gotham McDonald's. On my way. Robin, meet me at the Gotham City McDonald's. Right, Catwoman's been sighted there. They're ours now. Just imagine Batman's surprise when he finds out everyone's talking about the Batman Happy Meal toys at McDonald's. One of eight exciting action toys or vehicles with each Batman Happy Meal you buy your kids. What you want is what you get at McDonald's today. Why have they been in there so long? They're probably just toying with us, Robin. So in 1993, you had probably, you know, oh, we didn't count this in the Batman movies. So we'll go with 11 because the animated series had Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, right. So um, so anyway, oh, but we weren't like counting any animated movies. Oh, live action. Yeah. yeah. So um, but anyways, the, Batman the Animated Series. What an amazing series. Oh, my gosh. So good. You know, the um, it's interesting, and I'll get to a little bit later, but- Batman part of the 89 thing was with with Warner Brothers leading up to it they put out the return of the dark knight right Frank Miller dark knight returns the dark yeah. knight returns and um and they were testing the waters to see if the because they had Marvel had done a study that said adults it was mainly 21 and up is what bought comic books at the time and so they were testing the waters to see if a darker Batman would be popular. And that's why. And 80, boy, howdy, was it? Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that's how the 89 happened. Spoiler. Um, and then some drama happened with Returns. and then But that's why they shifted back to camp with Returns. Or not Returns. With um, not Batman. Yeah, Forever. And then Batman and Robin, right? So you still had, after Returns, the, the darkness went away back into the camp. But you had something that was a cartoon for kids, but it was so dark and serious. Yeah, it was gritty. Yeah, and and it it told like like there were just like noir episodes and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was amazing to me at the time. I loved this show, uh, and it was amazing to me looking back on it that they wound it. It was on the air for so long, and it like shaped the animated. WB's animated DC stuff because the Superman cartoon that came yeah, out, it looks just like it, it. looks the yeah. same art style and everything like that. But um, in 1993, Batman, the animated series had its very own line of happy meal toys. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> now, a couple, I guess a, several years ago now, maybe around 10 years ago at this point, my mom gave me boxes of all of my old happy meal toys mm-hmm. and i let you go through there was other toys in it too um but in those boxes was this entire line of um of batman the animated series happy meal toys and man they were some of the best toys like i loved them so much because they you know you had like vehicles and stuff like that that you could play with and and, and that kind of thing but um i don't know what it was they, they just looked so cool because it was that same art style yeah press them what? I'm not the only one that thought that these toys are amazing. Are there a lot of them out there? Are they selling for a lot? They're, well, I, I didn't look up to see if they're selling, but the 30th anniversary of the animated series is coming up, and there's a change.org 
petition <laughs> to get McDonald's to to do a follow up line to the McDonald's Happy Meal toys for the animated series. That would be so cool. Yeah. I doubt that's gonna happen, but that would be cool if it did. Uh, I should have seen what the what the number of signatures is. At least thirty. <laughs> so <laughs> it was so crazy to me, but um, you know, so I wanted to read you something from from the the petition, the Change.org petition. So it says, since the original Happy Meal figures and the 1993 featured eight Happy Meal toys, four figurines of Batman, Batgirl, Catwoman, and Riddler, and four vehicles for Joker, Poison Ivy, Robin, and Two Face, respectively, we the fans would like to see eight or 10 new Happy Meal toys based on Batman, the animated series in September of 2022. Oh, so I guess this already happened. (laughs) Well, it didn't happen (laughs) with either or all the same characters or with most. So, but they want, they want the penguin, Mr. Freeze and Harley Quinn, uh, because you know, those were big characters. It's, it's probably because they threw in that or 10. Yeah. If they was, if they just stuck with the eight, they'd have, they'd have gotten it, but they they got greedy. Yep. They said, we want eight or 10. Yep. You got to stick. Hold your horses. Mm -hmm. So, um, Man, wouldn't that be cool if that happened? That would have been like, because, you know, McDonald's was doing, uh, you know, they test the waters with some of the retro stuff, you mm-hmm. know, um, what, like two years ago now. Mm-hmm. And so it would have been cool. Like that would have been right up their alley if they were trying to do it that. It would have been cool, too, because uh, it would have been cool if they had timed it to the Batman's release. Uh-huh. Right. Because I don't know. I don't know. Did they put any Batman Happy Meal stuff out? I don't I think don't, so. I don't know. I never see commercials. I, I so. don't see so. I don't think so. And, um, you know, that that's pretty of a, a darker you know, intense movie yeah. for the, for kids. So, you know, Batman is still part of the zeitgeist, but let's bring it back to the kids with the Batman animated series, Happy Meal Toys. Yeah, it would have been perfect. So, um, you know, uh, so I am, I'm going to explain why they probably did not do a Happy Meal toy, not right this second, because I will get to that. But, um, but there's probably, they probably specifically did not want to make Happy Meal toys for the Batman. But yeah, you're right. Like this would have been, the perfect thing for them to do. And I could have seen Warner brothers if they wanted to do a, a 30th anniversary of it. Like it was close enough to the Batman release. It would have started the hype train happening, mm-hmm. you know, a lot. So I am kind of surprised that they didn't do this. So, hmm. well, um, the animated series was also really good in traditional action figure line too. They had a dedicated action yes. figure uh-huh. line for that and kept that art style. And it was, and it was great. So the happy meal toys next best thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So, next up, Batman is fun, he's games, he's toys, but he's also quite a ride. Fireworks erupted in the sky over the Six Flags Great America theme park near Chicago to herald a marriage of movies and merriment. Batman the comic book hero has inspired Batman the Ride. It's the world's only suspended outside looping thrill ride. Park guests hang below the track in high-speed chairlift type vehicles, similar to what you'd find at a ski area, as they whirl over and around Gotham City. One rider said, it felt like being in the cockpit of a jet fighter plane. Adding to the thrills is something called the Heartline Spin, a 360 degree roll at zero gravity. Batman the Ride covers more than a half mile of track in about two minutes. Even with a long wait, riders felt it was worth it. All right, I know I've mentioned it on the show before. It was a very formative experience for me growing up, living one mile away. Uh huh. 
from Six Flags great america I, that i just cannot imagine that how as a child i would just constantly be like i hear the roller coasters like, in my head like uh in gurney illinois where i spent uh, a few years of my childhood there were two entrances to six flags there was one like on this really kind of busy street mm. and then there was a rear entrance that was mostly employees but public could get to it too and it was on a, a separate like back road kind of thing yeah and we would pass that back road entrance anytime we went anywhere. Huh. We would go to the grocery store and pass it. You know, we would go to church and we would pass that. I would go to school and I'd pass that every day. And we had season tickets. And I've told this before, we could just drop in whenever, um, you know, if we wanted to just go for the last 30 minutes of the day, mm-hmm. let's go ride a couple of roller coasters. No big deal. We had the park pass, lived right there. So much fun. I was lucky because... Even though I left Gurney um, in 1990 to move to Mississippi, mm-hmm. the summer of 92 came back to uh, because my parents were selling the, the house that we lived in. Right. And my mom gave us a choice, my sister and I a choice. Would you either, would you like cable or would you like uh, season tickets to, to uh, Six Flags? We chose the season tickets to Six Flags, season tickets to Six Flags, and with that decision, I was one of the first people to ride Batman the Ride. Nice. It um even though if you've been to Six Flags across the country, even though Batman the Ride is now in like seven or eight different locations, mm-hmm. it debuted in 1992 at Six Flags Great America in Gurney, Illinois, and it was like leaps and bounds ahead of any other coaster that I've ever ridden. It was so fast, so intense, so like innovative as far as it being an inverted. Um, and it was just amazing. So the, um, the facts on it are that it was the most expensive single attraction that the great America location that had spent on ever before. It was $7 million at the time. Wow. It was the first inverted coaster. Uh-huh. anywhere in the world um have you ridden this coaster i have i, I want to say I, I did it at the atlanta six flags okay yeah um because i feel like waiting in line is really cool yes, for this ride that's what i was going to talk about uh-huh. so not only is the ride itself cool but they really figured out that people wanted to experience batman mm-hmm. um like i said this came out in 92 so you know the 89 and Tim Burton movies rather were still in your memory mm-hmm. and they thrust you into that world because <laughs> the ride was so popular. It would take like two hours sometimes to go through the line. Mm-hmm. But part of the experience was the line itself because it felt like you're going through that grim and gritty Tim Burton world mm-hmm. of Gotham city. And like you were going through these huge drain pipes. Uh, you would be in like these warehouse looking spaces with like big, slow moving fans mm-hmm. everything is all rusted um i don't know about the the great america one but the one in six flags over georgia they still have like a, a wrecked cop car mm-hmm. with a fire hydrant just spewing water everywhere and and the whole time you're hearing the great the great score from those films it was really immersive and really cool. Why do you think this ride debuted in Illinois? Is that like the main Six Flags? I don't know. 
Huh. I don't know. I, we're just cooler than everybody else, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, and then once you got through the Gotham City, as you got to the very top, you had to climb some stairs mm-hmm. to get to the ride. Uh, you were in the Bat Cave. And once you got into the line, like the little, uh, what do you call them? The corrals for the different yeah. um, seats. seats. You could see they had like the Batman costume in like a glass mm-hmm. case, like in the movies or like in your imagination. And it just added to the experience. And then the coaster itself was so innovative, like innovative when you got in and you were just dangling, like yeah. you're on a ski lift or something, your feet were dangling. Everybody's uh-huh. just swinging their yep. feet. Uh-huh. You can't help but swing your feet. <laughs> um, Cause the floor drops out from under you. And that experience is just so cool. So you sit there, you get seated, the floor drops out from under you, you dangle your feet and then you're off. So uh, apparently the ride goes for 50 miles an hour, mm. pretty fast when you're, you know, basically exposed to the wind. Yeah. It can experience up to four times the force of gravity. And if you've waited in line for two hours, how long do you think that ride lasts? 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it, it feels like it, but it actually goes for a minute and a half. Wow. But still, even at a minute and a half, even after waiting two hours, totally worth it. Yeah. Totally worth it. Yeah, it is. It is funny you talked about the swinging legs because that is the thing that everybody does when they sit on that ride. You could be eighty years old <laughs> on that ride. That thing drops. Your legs are gonna. Wee, look at me. <laughs> I think it's cool too because you know this ride was one of a kind at the time, right? Yeah. And I think it's cool with the popularity of this ride. You know, it was many years later that they put out the Superman roller coaster, but they tried to ke- like they're like, okay, so what do we do for the Batman one? Okay, well you dangled your legs. What can we do for Superman? <laughs> Let's lay down like you're flying. Yep. So yep. like they had to come up with something to try to, to you know meet it. So I love it. I love it. Well, that was such a success, and um, because Six Flags was owned by Warner Brothers, which it makes sense if you think about it, because. Instead of like Mickey Mouse and stuff, they had Bugs Bunny yep, and uh-huh. Daffy Duck and all that. Um, they went all in. They went all in on Batman. Mm-hmm. And several areas of, I mean, several of the theme parks, they had like Gotham City areas. And so like in Six Flags Over Georgia, they have the Batman, the ride. And then next to it, they have the Riddler. Mm-hmm. And then they have um, all these other things. But what they debuted the next year in 93 was the Batman stunt show. Did you ever see the Batman stunt show? I, I don't recall ever seeing it. Okay. Do you ever remember um, Disney at MGM Studios? They had the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular. Yes. Uh-huh. So I think they took their cues from that and are like, what can we do? Let's do a Batman show. And because we went to Six Flags so frequently, we check out everything. You know, mm. I am not one to want to wait in lines. So if there's a long line, I'm like, let's go do something else. So we would always go see like, the singing and dancing shows or whatever to kill. T- they had an IMAX movie there, but they also had this stunt spectacular, which to a, you know, 12 year old kid was like the coolest thing. <laughs> it's like, wow, it's like the movies. They're doing jumps off of this. They're doing, they're speeding so fast with the motorcycles and there's the Batmobile and Batman swinging in on a, on a uh, rappel line. If you go look at the videos now, it's so hokey. It's so hokey. But to a kid at the time in the 90s, it was epic. Um, so the Batman stunt show premiered in 1993. I think it first debuted 
not at Great America, but at Great Adventure in New Jersey. Uh-huh. Um, but then it slowly rolled out to everywhere else. And so I got to see it. I don't even know where I got to see it. Um, but it was, it was monumental. So if you haven't seen it, you should check out the videos online. It's really cool to look at. It's funny because you look at the different locations. They didn't change the script or anything in the show. It's that every single location is exactly the same. Huh. And for like four or five years, it's the exact same show. They didn't vary it up at all. So uh, it's it's pretty interesting to see those differences or those n- non-differences. But there is one thing I didn't want to bring up. And sorry to be talking about so long. But <laughs> in addition to the regular stunt show, there was one location that was on the water. Uh-huh. And... California at Six Flags Marine World, which is now Six Flags Discovery Kingdom, they had a variation of the stunt show. They had Batman Water Thrill Spectacular. (laughs) And it was Batman on the beach battling the Riddler and Two-Face on jet skis. (laughs) Jet skis, son. Did they have like a big bat face on the jet ski? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think it was that. It might have been painted such, but uh, it wasn't quite as comical as the stunt show, uh, the traditional stunt show. But I wanted to point it out. I want to share a video. Here's a little bit of the video. But pay attention to the song playing in the background. Batman! Ah, oh, Why can't you ever lose? Two-Face, forget the girl. You can have me. Oh, how galant, here to save the day. Well, Batman, we plan on having both the girl and you. Let's see what the coin says. Heads, you lose! Oh, boy! How cool is that? That's <laughs> pretty good. Have you ever heard that song in your no, life? No, I haven't. I think it was a one and done. I looked for the song after the fact, after I found this video. I was like, I, this has to exist in like a clean state somewhere. Uh-huh. I can't find it. It's only I only found it in video like this with crowd noise in the background. Uh, there's more than what we played, but it actually gets muffled by the wind. It's hard mm-hmm. to make out, but like it's like hair metal, Batman, <laughs> Batman. <laughs> There, there, I'm sure there has to be some CD or tape somewhere that has it on it. Please, dear listener, find <laughs> that. Send it to me. I want to rock out to the Batman. So um, if you haven't gotten a chance to go to Six Flags, if you do, be sure to seek out the Batman ride. I think they still are in operation. I know they are still here in Georgia. Uh, I think they're operation. Other places, because it's even to this day, even almost 20 years later, it's, or no, almost 30 years yep. later. Uh-huh. It's still a, a fun, fantastic, fast ride. So check it out and um, rest in peace, Stunt Show Spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hello, everyone. By now, you pretty much have had to have heard that the summer's big movie is Batman Returns. In its first couple of weeks, it has already grossed more than $100 million at the box office, and it is already creating controversy. Some parents contend that Batman Returns, which is rated PG-13, is actually being marketed for younger children, and the movie is just too violent. Let's get an expert opinion on that from USA Today's junior movie critic, 10-year-old Danny Slasky. Please welcome Danny. It was very violent. It was a total attack against kids, the whole movie. Everything that kids love was being used against them. Like what? Clowns. Even the penguin had a ducky boat. So and things that kids could identify presents with. Presents and mobiles. All that type of stuff for using to hurt kids and capture kids. All right, Preston. So, you know, I... I brought out these cards to talk about them and I, I for, totally forgot to talk about them earlier. So, you know, we talked about how Batman is marketed towards kids, right? Yeah. And we talked about Happy Meal Toys uh-huh. for the animated series. So, did you know that Batman Returns was mired in controversy for how its depiction of violence for kids? <laughs> no, I don't remember it being super violent. You know, I think the same thing too. And, but... You know, I guess well, my mom did take me to see Die Hard, so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I just had a higher threshold. Well, I guess, I, well, you know, you know that time period was you got the kind of the best of both worlds, right? You're still able to see movies that you probably shouldn't have seen, mm-hmm. but then also it was like around the same time that you had like, uh, you know, Tipper Gore and Hillary Clinton like creating the ESRB and the and the rating sure. system for video sure. games, right? So got to tame it, you yeah, rein it in, yeah. So, um, you know. Uh, the first Batman movie, the reason they chose Tim Burton and Michael Keaton was because they were hot off the success for Warner Brothers making Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. And so Batman 89 was so popular, they wanted Tim Burton back, but he didn't want to do another Batman movie. He wanted to do his own movie. And they said, listen, you you can, Timmy, Timmy boy. <laughs> you can do an If you do this Batman movie for us, you can make it your own movie. You can do whatever you want. You have free, you have creative control over it. And so he was like, okay. All right. You know what I want? I want Danny DeVito eating a raw fish on screen. I want goo coming out of his mouth. I want to traumatize kids with black ink stuff coming out of his mouth. So that's why returns is much darker. Uh Um, you know, a little bit more sexual than, than Batman probably had been before. Um, but you know, you had places that had already had merchandising deals because of how popular the last Batman was. And no one knew that this movie was going to be darker than 89. And so places like McDonald's got caught in the crossfire between all these parents groups that were so upset with how um, violent and, and scary this movie was for kids that McDonald's had to issue like a public apology for carrying Happy Meal toys for this movie. Wow. Yeah, and, and so because of that whole fiasco, McDonald's instituted a change for any movie tie-in toy lines that they were going to do. They had to have a preview of the script before the movie was made, before they made that decision. Because oh. they did, they did 
honor their contract and carried the toy line until September. But, um, but yeah, after that, they were like, we have to see the script first before we carry any, any toys because, because of what happened. That's why we never got any drop dead Fred toys. I know. Oh God. Could you imagine (laughs) like one that just slides on his back and goes, cobwebs (laughs) but um you know part of this controversy was the clip that you guys saw danny slasky he was danny slasky he was usa today's summer junior movie critic um i've never heard of this tv show did you did you uh, no it was part of me feels like there's no way this was real (laughs) but like you can watch the whole episode and there's like some um some I think they're like some religious group. There's a guy from a religious group that talks about it. There's a mom and her daughter that, that talk about it. And it's cool because the mom, a lot of this is very scripted. Like when the kids are talking, they are saying key talking points uh, that were against this movie. Um, so it may have just been like some kind of like propaganda thing, mm-hmm. but this, you know, this outcry did was apparently pre- prevalent during, during this movie's release. But um you know, like there's this mom who is on there with her daughter and her daughter's talking about how scary this movie is and, and how terrifying it was for her. And the mom's like, yeah, like, like she's like, I thought it was going to be like when I was a kid. And, and the, the, <laughs> yeah, that would be a hard turn. If, you, if you're going in thinking Batman 66 yeah. and you get Batman Returns, well, I can see the frustration. This is how cool this mom is because the TV show host goes, oh, like the old TV show. And she's like, well, no, before that, like the comic books. And I was like, yeah, go, mom. <laughs> but, you know, she's probably reading like the campy comic books from mm-hmm. the 60s. So, but yeah, oh, man, I just I had no clue about how much drama there was about um about this movie and the you know toy lines that came out for it and how it was extremely heavily marketed towards kids because that was all part of WB's thing at the time. It's really crazy to think, Brian, cuz there has never been any sort of drama around comic book movies <laughs> ever. No. Well, <laughs> the um you know that that whole thing happening with this is the whole reason I said it earlier, but that's why they switched from the dark Batman to the more neon lights and Mm -hmm. goofy fun times that, um, forever and Batman and Robin were. So, uh, but yeah, like, I don't know. I just, could you imagine if there was an outcry, like the Batman movies, I don't know if you saw this meme, but it was like, it was like Batman getting darker through the years and like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like this last movie. Yeah. And it's funny because like when, when Paige and I went and watched the Batman, I, I said, boy, it, it has to be so hard to light a movie that is in like only shot at night for the most part. And like, cause there are parts of that movie where it's like, I, it's hard to tell yeah. what's going on. And so, but yeah, like, like if, if you didn't have that little like sidestep into like the neon goofy stuff, like just imagine how much darker it'd be now. So. <laughs> totally. Totally. Wow. Uh, hey, look, we've come to the end of the show and we didn't say bat nipples once. Oh man. Oh, crud. I did it. Dang it. <laughs> No, well, uh, we could have gone on and on there. I mean, you know, Batman was everywhere from um, bubble bath to the 7-Eleven cups to whatever. Uh, But these were just a few of our favorites, and I hope you enjoyed us talking about them. Mm. Um, Is there anything else you want to talk about before we close it out? No, I I, I can't think of anything. Oh, you know... um, I don't remember. There was a tie-in that I had to pinball at some point since we were talking about Black Knight, and we were going to talk about how you were talking about like your favorite movies. Yours was Batman 
begins, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, and 89 is obviously iconic, and those are the only two Batman other than 66 that recently came out. Those are like the two iconic ones, right? Yeah. So, but yeah. yeah. Cool wrap it. up, Brian. Thanks. <laughs> I got pinball in the brain. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, what is your favorite Batman uh, in pop culture that we didn't talk about? um, Or are we wrong in our decisions? Uh, Feel free to share those with us. We've got an email address. You can email us at waybackattackshow at gmail.com. Find us online at waybackattackshow.com. And um, you can hit me up on Twitter. Yell at me for my wrong decisions uh, at Squared Stiff. Brian, where can they find you? You can find me at B.E. Grantham, and the show is at Wayback underscore Attack on Twitter.com. That's it. And like I said, towards the beginning of the show, we look to have some uh, videos sharing my experience with the Texas Pinball Festival, the National Video Game Museum, and then our shared experience at Toylanta. So uh, I'm saying this publicly, so it'll <laughs> make. <laughs> Make me actually do it. So look for those videos and hopefully in the near future. But until then, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening and watching.